once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7, well, on air, well, we'll talk about that in a sec, but, well, well the where, let's, let's get the where before the why. Here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, we are up both as a... Uh, as a radio loop, still up there as a radio loop for a few more weeks anyway, but always, always, always as uh, a podcast. And you pick us up uh, as the first link on the homepage, that www.centerlefttalkradio.com. And uh, you will see it right there, uh, staring at you, uh, beckoning you. Well, and obviously, if you're hearing my words, you've been, you've been beckoned and you've responded there's been a call and response, as it were, perhaps not uh, as those terms were originally intended for use, but nonetheless, you've heard, and here you are with us, and we're so pleased to have you. Um, it is the 21st of November, 2023. It is a day, I believe, is it, my God, we are coming up in another day uh, on the 60th anniversary of the assassination of John Kennedy. Uh, that, that, that seems, I, I, I want to say, well, obviously, you know, to say it's, it's hard to believe that comes from <laughs> a, a recognition of, of age on my part. Uh, anyone who was uh, very aware of what was going on then, obviously by now, is of a certain age, and I certainly was aware of what was going on. I, I've, I've, in previous years on this show, uh, I've talked about uh, the moment-by-moment the, the moment events of, of what happened as we were sitting uh, in high school, uh, receiving uh, the afternoon. Uh, we had just, uh, lunch had concluded, nothing else we, you know, but the normal chain of events was that then an announcement would come over the PA system. The principal of the school would make whatever the announcements were for the day. You'd go into whatever your next class was, your 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 next uh, your next room. Well, we no, we stayed the way we worked in that school. We stayed in the same rooms. The teachers changed classes. Uh, I suppose they thought it was a little more convenient or a little more uh, uh, control generating. But uh, all the announcements, all the stories, all the minute by minute, all the going home in a fog, all of the, uh, all of the next day or two or three and all of that, uh, we've been through it before and, and it's, it's still painful. It, it's, still, it's still hard to imagine that most of the cast of characters that we knew from then um, are gone. John Jr. is gone. Jack is gone. Jackie is gone. Um, and they're still, of course, to this day, uh, talk about uh, uh, that, well, it wasn't just one gunman, it, was, it must have been multiple, it wasn't just Lee Harvey Oswald, and yes, I realize that there must have been a magic bullet, someone says, and someone actually shot another gun from the grassy, no and on and on and on, and apparently there, there is one um, still living Secret Service agent who was in the car immediately behind the car in which Jack Kennedy sat. Think about this. Jack Kennedy and, 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 and Jackie, and I guess it was the, was it the governor of Texas at that time was sitting in the front seat. Jack and Jackie are sitting together in the back. It's a Lincoln, it's a Lincoln town car, but it's a completely topless, wide open convertible car. Absolutely no protection whatsoever for the president of the United States driving through politically questionable territory. Clearly, had there been any uh, thought of an, uh, a possible assassination or, or a possible uh, any kind of physical action against him, I imagine they wouldn't have done that. But I don't recall anyone feeling 
well, wait a minute, how on earth did they have the President of the United States sitting in an open car with absolutely no, yeah, he had Secret Service all around him, but the guy is just sitting there, absolutely uncovered, unprotected. Put that in your mind and realize that none of us really thought that was so bizarre at the time. And now compare that to any president in the last certainly 20 years or more, and the thought of going out in a crowd with no protection over and above and around you, no bulletproof glass, no bomb-proof doors, no bomb-proof bottom on your car. Imagine attempting to do that. We do it once every four years during the parade that presidents take down Pennsylvania Avenue uh, to the inauguration. That's, that's spooky enough for a lot of people, and I'm sure for Secret Service, that's hard enough. That's the one automatic moment when the president, or in many cases, the president-to-be is exposed. But other than that, going through a local, a lo any local place within America, within America, there is this understanding that bad, really bad things can happen. Well, because they have. I mean, people have been killed, assassinated, all kinds of terrible things have happened. Uh, we, we, we've had bombers bomb uh, the Boston Marathon. We've had Timothy McVeigh and whoever that guy was with him took out half of the federal building somewhere down there in Texas and, oh, sorry, Kansas City. And uh, people do, people do bad things. People often who have bought into bad ideas or, or wrong ideas or who have been convinced that the only way to get their idea or, or to, to justify anything in their lives, to, to make life right for themselves, maybe for others, but the only course left to them is to do something really, really bad. But, and, and suddenly, because of the justification, maybe it's not so bad. Now, we, we've seen this again and again on the individual lone gunman sort of way. But we, we found something entirely different. We experienced something entirely different on, on January 6th of 2020, uh, 2021. We had... Uh, a an insurrection happened at, uh, an insurrection that culminated with an attack on the capital of the United States and an effort to basically stop the counting of votes and the peaceful transfer, the legal and peaceful transfer of power. And we've had hundreds of people arrested and convicted and jailed since. The process goes on. And yet, through all that, we have a counter-narrative being led by the guy for whom all of that took place, Donald Trump. And the counter-narrative says, A, it was never really an insurrection. B, I won the election, so these people were justified, or something to that effect anyway. You have other jerks within, the, within government still trying to say, well, it was really all an FBI. There were FBI people dressed up as Trump supporters. It was really all a government thing. It was deep state. The deep state was basically taking over the country that day and they tried to blame it all on Trump and claim that it was his people who had done it when it was really the deep state that had made it all. You, you've heard all this. And, and, and you've seen this repeated. And now Donald, under 91 criminal counts, also uh, being threatened with very likely loss of or substantial reduction of whatever he has in the way of physical fortune, that's coming up with the New York State case. But what happens again and again and again throughout all this is that there is this, this, this absolute adherence 
to Donald even though the words that he says are absolutely contrary to law, reason, constitutionality, and everything else. He is embraced. And it's no longer just a lone gunman who is embracing it. Contrary to everything that we've seen in our lifetime, my lifetime, an entire political party within America has, is defined by its embrace of a lie, a, a probable, obvious lie, a lie that in one form or another has led to those 91 indictments against Trump and basically says, we don't care. We don't care what he stands for. We don't care what he threatens. We don't care who he threatens. We don't care that it's a grievance-based system. We don't care that, this, that what he is and what he's doing, it would be as if he ripped a page out of an authoritarian fascist playbook and is reading point by point what you say, what you do, what you promote, what you put down, who you demonize, and how you do it in order to become and to create yourself, A, as a fascist cult leader, and B, create fascism in a country where you are, in many instances uh, right now, the front runner for the presidency of the United States. And his, his followers just don't see it or, or, or want to see it. And, and the problem isn't whether or not the words and all of the components aren't there. It, the, the problem isn't that anyone can't see the words and components. They, his followers have learned how to dismiss the, 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 re, the reality, as it were. In other words, there is a political message and then there is a practical message. And Donald is, is embraced first and foremost politically. And the practicality, the, the possibility of him actually in the real world bringing the things that he says to fruition, actually arresting all of his opponents, putting Tony Fauci and, 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 uh, and uh, Millie in jail, uh, arresting, them, arresting the entire Biden family, whatever the hell and whoever the hell he's after, whoever he has to get even with for whatever he's angry and fearful of. What, again, whatever the, whatever the authoritarian fascist playbook says you're supposed to do in order to basically get a get your way and get it permanently, however much of the Constitution has to be uh, done away with or whether the document and everything about it has to be undone completely, how many people within government in the various career positions must be totally swept out and replaced with sick... This is every, every tiny bit of this is straight out of the fascist play this if you if you wanted to create a fascist state from scratch and they and they're never really started from scratch they they evolve from something for lack of a better word politically better more looking a bit more democratic they tend it, it tends to be the result of a downward evolution if you study hitler if you study mussolini if you study if you study uh, uh, franco in spain there was some democratic form of government in there, and the strong man comes in, begins talking about grievances towards things within the country. It's an, inter you see, it's an internal takeover. Yes, there's always uh, the talk of war and there's outside forces. That's one way of getting a crowd behind you. Republicans primarily have been the protectionist, let's keep America safe from exterior threat, and that's the way it's been all along. But you see, in developing fascism, it's an internal threat. It's something that's around you, close to you, you it's, it's, it's lurking all over the place, and you, you poor thing, you just haven't seen it, now you see it. You see it through me, says Donald, and I'm the only way 
we can stop this from t- the deep state from taking over. Never really. And then, then, of course, you have to give names. You have to start defining who the deep state is. And if you take him at his word, he wants, if he is elected, and even if he's not, he would probably try to get, uh, he, by his words, he would have to somehow, somehow get all of this done anyway, because it's all that's saving us from the deep state. He wants a fascistic state to replace what we know as the American liberal democratic state that we live in. It is a one-for-one switch. No questions. That's exactly what the man is offering. Listen to what he's saying. Listen to who he says he is. Anyone trying to tell me that, well, the guy who ran in 2016 is no different than the one who'll be running in 2024 is out of their bloody damned minds. The guy is talking paranoid, talking crazy, and his followers are embracing him. But why? Do people want to get rid of America? Is there, on a practical, real-world level, on any given day of the week, any, any morning that any Trump supporter wakes up, is there this pending threat? Is there this manifestation of a grievance so overwhelming that destroying the country is the only law, destroying the rule of law, destroying all the institutions of government, that's the only reasonable way to deal with a real threat that Donald says is out there? Have we really gotten to that point? Or is it still political rhetoric? Is it still Donald being Donald? Is it still the guy who was on The Apprentice? Is it still the TV show? Is it still the talk show host? Is it still the clown? Is it still the entertainer? Is it still the guy that we all love to watch and maybe some are giggling and other, but we just love Donald because, boy, he says all this stuff, but do I really believe that he would dismantle government and begin throwing people in jail and begin eliminating other forms of communication that were contrary to anything he wanted people to hear or that, that America would officially or unofficially, certainly, cease to be a democratic nation, that elections would absolutely be meaningless because Donald will be in control and those who he puts in control will be in control when, uh, whenever he decides he no longer uh, is having fun running the whole place. Is, is anyone seeing or believing that side of it? Or has the rhetoric become the, the reality And that's as far as it goes. Do his people actually believe in, forget whether they believe him or not, believe the words, but do Trumpians believe in the notion and physically, in physically acting out what he is saying in terms of, yeah, and, and there's always people laughing. Whenever you see any of these shows of Donald being out there, people laugh about it. There's always someone smiling and laughing because Donald kind of always puts a little, little bit of an ironic, goofy twist on the whole thing. Yeah, and it's always a rabble rabble. But do they believe not only what he's saying, but believe what must be done based on what he's saying. Are there enough lone gunmen out there? Well, I think think you have to look at January 6th as a proof of that. You had a few thousand people basically raiding the capital of the United States because Donald said, come and do it. They're taking away my presidency from me and they're doing it unjustly and that was based on a lie. 
and yet it happened. And now we still have people saying it wasn't a lie. Donald won. This is people in the Republican Party saying it. It's being echoed by a substantial percentage of people who identify as Republican, virtually all people who identify as Trump voters. And yet there is this effort to kind of soft pedal the notion that in order, in other words, you, you're, we are not encouraged. Donald does not say we need to have a fascistic form of government. He, he lists everything that needs to happen. But what we're not hearing on a daily basis is, hi, my name is Donald Trump. I'm running on the fascist party. I am becoming, America will give up its constitution and vote for me because America is better as a fascistic state. We are better off without, without free and fair elections. We are better off simply having the cult of me. Vote for me and I'll put everybody in jail and don't worry, uh, you'll be better for it and forget history. And No, it, it, it's never quite put across that way because, well, I, I don't know if people would believe Donald that he really meant it if he said it. They're, they're just, his people love the theater of it all. And I don't think there's any way to convince them that it's not just theater. They live, I, I've, I've come to this conclusion, they live in this, in this, this, this middle world between the political appeal of his words and the practical effect of them. There, and, and, and the one great manifestation of that, what happened on January 6th at the Capitol, is somehow diminished and, and, and set aside. Like, well, it wasn't really what you think it was. We, we had this happen before our eyes. Everything is done to basically diminish the fact that A, it did happen, B, why it happened, and the results of it are just the FBI and the people who really were behind it all may basically justifying their desire to keep Donald out because Donald, you know the crap. But that's out there. That's in the Republican circles. That's out there in, 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 in their world. So... Do we, as rational people who understand that giving up American democracy would be a bad thing, do we simply say, but you know, look, they're, they're children and they're enjoying a TV show and, you know, all it's going to do is take, you know, one real, con one criminal conviction of Donald and you watch how fast everybody starts to drift away and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and yet every time Donald is confronted with something else, he always comes back with a more outrageous reaction and he never seems to actually be repressed as it were he has no capacity to self-repress and at this point his only his only capacity for survival is to not only speak of but to act and promote the notion of a totally fascistic state in which he is the cultural idol of the people now do we imagine that this is just a phase republicans are going through i've 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 kind of almost suggested as much on this microphone. But the more I watch, the more I see, the more I watch his defiance of the gag orders being put against him in the various court cases, the more I watch the insanity, the insipidness of the so-called legal defenses being put out there, the garbage that his attorneys are throwing at the court and, and the crap that they're trying to sell as defenses for his actions. And the more you watch people around the country, Republicans still embracing him, I am at a point where I find it virtually impossible to ignore that Donald not only is putting on a show, but absolutely, God damn it, means every word of what he's saying because it, he realizes the reaction it's getting and understands in his heart of heart that with all the things that are coming down on him uh, from a criminal perspective, the only way out of it is to basically eliminate the system that could put him behind bars. Literally. Literally.
Now, you, you've heard me talk about, you know, uh, uh, well, you know, the question is if he's going to go and, and get inaugurated, if it's somehow by some miraculous, insane process, the guy actually managed to get elected president. Well, then to actually become president, he'd have to find a way to pardon himself before he actually became president, because then as president, he would then repart, and it would create an absolute, well, we could not, who's going to let that happen? And that, that's an easy, it's an easy, it's crazy. It, it's, it's constitutionally nuts. But if, you're, if you restrict yourself to the notion, if you believe, if, 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 it's, if we in our, in our, I don't want to say naivete, but, but if we simplify this to the point of, or if we imagine that, well, who would really, really choose to give up the Constitution? I mean, if, if push came to shove, and it's, well, if you, either you got the Constitution or you got Donald taking the oath of office, which one will it be? Well, apparently, for, his, for us, for me, and I'd say for the vast majority of Americans, and it's always been this way in most fascistic states or places that are becoming or do become fascistic, that the majority is not with it during the trip into hell initially. And the majority kind of sits back and watches and watches everybody sliding into Hades, and and then but still doesn't quite believe that it could actually happen. That's there's there's many stories and much history about this in Germany, in Italy, and in in Spain that it just kind of happened right under people's noses. And then we look at America and we say, America, my God, we were the, we're the result of all that. We realize what could happen. We, we've come through so much. And to have one clown, and that's the, big, that's the big mistake, clown, you see. Calling him a clown diminishes his capacity to do real world things. But to let this one clown get, basically get into our heads and make us imagine that all of us or enough of us would basically give up this country to let his clowning happen on an official level and to go along with what he's saying, well, in, every, in, in the case of Germany and Italy and Spain in the early to mid 20th century, that's exactly how it happened. Now, there was a depression during that time. The, the, those nations were never as strong as America is now. America has a military second to none. It has a, it is on, from a from a uh, uh, an economic standpoint, it is the greatest economy, the strongest economy in the world. Why would people want to surrender that? Why would people want to give that up? Why would we want the military to be beholden to the individual, not to the office of presidency? Why would we want the military now to become a domestic force? that would basically begin arresting the people that Donald wants arrested because, well, it's fun. It's, it's what I want to do. It's the people who would dare to talk back to me, those who are disloyal. Why would people imagine that that really couldn't or wouldn't happen? Once Donald has pardoned himself for crimes, all the sh if, if, if it were to get to that point, and, and, and this is really the heart of this. Once it would get to that point, once he has said, I am no longer, once the person who has been sitting and standing before the judge and declared, you're, you, Mr. Trump, you're a, a, a jury of your peers have found you guilty of crimes, blah, 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 blah. You are blah, blah, blah. You are remanded until sentences, and then sentences passed, and maybe you're already in jail or something. But somehow, you have to get from remanded and sentenced, or, 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 or basically convicted, convicted felon and sentenced, and on the verge of jail or in jail, you have to get from that to taking the oath of office, or maybe not even bothering, just taking the office, period. To do that, you can't have a functional constitution. My point, the very notion of Trump becoming president under the absolutely likely scenario that he will do so as a convicted felon 
basically means the Constitution is no longer a meaningful document, that the country is no longer operating in a functional, rational way. So, where does that leave us? And I don't want to take this show much longer right now. I know a lot of you are prepping to get on the road and all this other stuff, Thanksgiving travel. I just want to make this point. We can no longer simply look at this guy like he is a clown, like it's the Donald show, like he's having fun, like so what if he's getting a restraining order put against them? He'll just argue it anyway. It doesn't matter. And his people, oh, they just love to listen to him. They love the Donald. Everything is fine, whatever he says. And America, well... It'll just kind of keep going on because, well, it always has. All my life, the, the, the Constitution, I don't understand that stuff anyway. That's, that's for a bunch of eggheads in Washington and pencil pushers and, and a bunch of lawyers and blah, blah. I, that's not anything that has to do with my life. I know what happens where I am and how people are, and I know what we really should be doing to those people who basically don't think and look and feel and smell like us. And I know... And these people don't know, don't know crap, obviously, about what it is that their country is built on or what basically America's structure is. Don't understand what it takes to get to the point where there are free and fair elections. Don't understand what it would be like not to have them. Don't understand how that will basically take us into an official fascism, don't understand what could be done in a, in, in a society as complex as America in 2024 and what could be done to basically make our all of our lives incredibly different and incredibly more complex and incredibly more painful in order to serve the needs of a guy who would have to destroy the country in order to rule it. Because by the time he destroys it, and to get into the White House, he would have to destroy the Constitution, make it meaningless. Once he's done that, folks, there's no, the bottom has already dropped out. Now, we take him at his word or we don't. I say we do. And if we take him at his word, then the Biden campaign, the Democrats, must begin pounding this message of fascism versus democracy and making it concrete, making it real. Show what happens when a fascistic leader takes over. Show how Donald's words become the reality of people's lives the same way it did in Germany, the same way it did in Italy, the same way it did in Spain, and what became of those countries as a result. How easy it was to drop into this, to blame someone else for your own, and, and the case of Donald to, makes it even worse, to get out of his own problems and how he would basically destroy a country to do it. I think that's the message. Yes, women's reproductive rights are a perfect subset of that unfettered gun uh, ownership and usage and automatic weapons is a perfect subset of that. But the, the, the giant, the 800-pound the, the gorilla in the room, the elephant in the room is fascism is coming to a, coming to a theater near you. And it won't be in the theater. It'll burst out the doors and it's going to take over your life. Here's what happens when it happens. And you show not only, not only Donald the showman and ha, 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 you show the connection between Donald's words, what people have done, how they've acted on it, and where this is going. You begin to drill this into the consciousness of all Americans. Whether they like it or not, they're going to have to see these messages. And certainly people on our side have to see what's going on. I hate to say our side, but that's where it is. And we have to understand that we as the, the two-thirds of us that are still rational Americans cannot simply sit back and say, well, they're just watching the Donald Show. They're good children. Let them watch TV. It'll keep them out of trouble while mommy makes dinner. No. No. That's no longer an acceptable way of looking at this. I urge 
the Democratic leadership, the Biden, the Biden campaign people, the White House, anyone in a position of communication authority within the Democratic Party right now, national, state, all over, the, the, the messaging must be this is existential, existential in the sense that it is about our existence, in the most literal use of the word existential. <laughs> This is not a game, it's not a joke, it's about preserving the American Constitution, it's about preserving the American way of life, it's preserving everything about our, our ability to vote, our ability for freedom of speech, everything that's in the Bill of Rights, everything that we could imagine about America is about to go down the crapper if this guy, Trump, is allowed to succeed in his aims to get himself out of jail and to take over control forever and destroy all the institutions around him. We all go in the crapper, including his followers. Now, how are we going to deal with this? Well, on my end, I'm going to keep talking about it. You'll hear me about it. I'll be out there. People will be able to hear my voice. But somehow I'm hoping that this gets into the heads, into the gut. It gets, it gets into the, 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 the conscious and subconscious of the people within the Democratic con controlled areas and within the White House and that the campaigning, the messaging is existential as well. Uh, it, it simply has to be. And people have to understand the connection between Donald's words and, the, and, and what has happened in the past and how these things, I, I mean, the ads are just begging to be produced. I could see the images of Donald talking and then watching what's happening in Nazi Germany and seeing how these things play out. And then hear the yelling and screaming from his people and not, not even notice, don't even hear it, keep going put it out again and again, do ads that basically involve Mussolini, do ads that involve Hitler, show the exact connection between what Donald is saying and doing and what happened in history before and what came, what became of those nations that attempted this sick attempt to basically satisfy the, the perceived grievances of a cult leader that he tried to basically you know, uh, export to them and what embracing them and the sick sort of activities that came from that, where it led them ultimately. Where did it lead Germany? Where did it lead Italy? Where did it leave Spain? All of these uh, great nations and, and all of these high vaulting ideas and and, and, and the Japanese were going to take over the world, too. And what? Come on. What? Oh, it, oh that was 75, 80 years ago. It, it, it doesn't count anymore. By God, it counts. It counts. And the Democrats have got to wake up to that fact. And if we don't start waking up now... Ugh. <laughs> uh, Thoughts before Thanksgiving. But I, I would rather be saying this now on November 21st, 2023, than, than, than sometime in January 7th of 2025, wondering what will be done and how the military will intervene and what laws will have to be completely ignored and, and what will be, ha and, 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 and how is Donald, and Donald is claiming that he blah, 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 and he's going to, and, and there's not going to be, and there won't be an inauguration, but, but come on, people. We're, we're, this is real. This is real. You don't give up America. You just don't. We don't give it up. We at a minimum, basically emphasize to one another the need to at least continue to hold it. We recognize how precious and fragile it is. We are one dumb set of votes away from giving it up. Democracies have, we've said this countless times on this show, democracies all, a, a true democracy comes with a self-destruct switch. And Donald is trying to make sure, he's testing it. He's testing it and waiting to see how many people will go along with him to basically put their hand on the button with him so that he can't, he won't, I, was, I, I, I didn't do that. 
I didn't make that. I didn't make them go out and kill people. January 6th, no, I I had nothing to do. Uh, People just recognized that I had been, uh, they were upset that I had basically, I'd won. And then, you know the bullshit. You know how it works. Message, communication, information, truth, 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 the real, absolute, factual truth, getting it out there, showing the connection between this guy and history. And letting Americans as thick and as a thick as a brick as they may be, getting it into the heads first of ourselves and the independent voters, and then start trickling into the conscious, working our way into the peripheries of the conscious of the of the Trump supporters, and basically making sure that at least the electoral process will work. Now, what they'll attempt to do next if he loses again, which he probably will, what they'll what they'll attempt to do if he's convicted and then sentenced. Who the hell knows? But we've got to be solid in our own beliefs. We have to be solid in our own understanding of what the law is, what is right, what America requires to sustain itself. And by the way, let me go a step further than that. You get a fascism going or you let Donald run loose here and the world goes to hell in a handbasket in a heartbeat because we are the guys still that they all look to. If you think you could simply destroy American democracy without destroying the rest of the planet and throwing everything into pure chaos, the Chinese and every, the Russians, everybody suddenly realizing that everything is up for grabs. If you think you can do that, if you think that, 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 and if Donald and his crowd think that all this talk and all, and, and just going at home, well, look at Bibi Netanyahu right now. Look at Israel. And Israel basically, Bibi took his eye off the ball. He basically got embroiled in the internal politics because he had his own uh, legal problems and everything, criminal problems, and basically had no idea of what was going on in Gaza when, when all of a sudden a bunch of thugs come in and they're ISIS-like animals that go ahead and kill and maim 1,500 Israelis and take 225 hostages and basically all the hell that has followed since then. Horrors on all sides. That's what happens when you take your eye off the ball and you simply bitch and moan and scream. It's a Uh, Do you want to call it a small version of what could happen? Oh, oh, no, no, no. Mexico and and, and Canada aren't going to come streaming across our border. But you see, when it's all about a leader who's only focused on their survival, they are, you, are, you are instantaneously, automatically vulnerable to other institutions that basically, or other organizations, other countries, that basically know that they are only kept at bay if America is true to its own principles, if it's not just about a cult of personality. Because if it is a cult of personality, then the needs of the country come second and everything could change in less than, uh, in no time. Forget a generation. It's, it's, it's a delicate process that we have in place here. And yes, it's built on strength, both military and financial, but that can all be mischanneled, mispurposed, if a person who doesn't appreciate how we got to this point decides to, re, to re-utilize everything for his own personal reasons. That is what Donald says and does, and, this is the, and these are the lessons of history. We have to understand that. We have to remind ourselves. We have to take this incredibly seriously. And we must get that message out to the independents who will make that difference in the vote and be prepared for what will happen when Donald is convicted and when he is sentenced and when he loses the election, if he, in fact, is there. What worries me is the fact that three states, three states have said, well, you know, the third third section of the 14th Amendment uh, that says that a guy who has aided and comforted anyone or been part of an insurrection can't be on the ballot for any kind of governmental office. Well, uh, let him on and let it pass to the Supreme Court. Let's, Let's let the Supreme Court rule on that. That's coming up shortly. 
If that's the case in the Supreme Court then, in its wisdom, the Clar Clarence Thomas, the scumbag Clarence Thomas and scumbag Alito and these people who don't give a damn about anything to do with the, with the, with the, with the, the, the effective uh, administration of justice in this country and are not really sure what the hell the Constitution is that they're serving, just know who their Republican donors are. And if they get their hands on it and say, well, yeah, I guess he can be on the ballot no matter what. Well, that means we've just, we've just cut out a chunk of the Constitution. Small, some would argue a small chunk. It's only, it's only one section of the 14th Amendment. But we're going in that direction. That's, that's the first official shoe to drop. And there's a whole bunch more. Wake up, America, please. We're going to be talking about this a lot in the weeks ahead. Wake up. No more. No more, ah, oh, it's the Donald show. Ah, he'll turn the channel. No. There's no channel to turn. And the people who are following him don't know that there are any other channels. They are locked into him. They're on his beam. They don't know what they're going to do next. They just know that they're with Donald and they'll kind of go wherever it goes. Well, there's a lot of bad places it can go. And there's only one good place. And that is the preservation of the constitutional system and the constitutional order and the voting system that we have and the preservation of the military as basically reporting to a responsible civilian leader. Everybody goes, well, you know, the military will just be taken over. No, the military also has a standing order, and this is a major order, and it's been reinforced time and time again. You do not follow illegal orders. You ever hear that before? What happens if members of the military are given an order by an autocratic president, a dictator, a fascist, to basically go ahead and begin arresting people on American soil? What if they are told to attack or not attack some country based on the specific desires and needs of a guy who is bypassing any kind of congressional authority, any kind of review process and saying, I want you to attack that one, this one, this one, this one. What is an illegal order? What happens when the military receives it? What happens when the generals at the top recognize that they're being given illegal orders? What does the military ultimately do when all that's left is to basically not obey the commander-in-chief when it comes down to an us-them or us-him arrangement? Where does that leave this country? We're going to talk about that in some more detail. I have in the past, but you've got to think these things through. You have to look at what these are real scenarios, potential scenarios, but they're real. This is where it goes. This is how this process evolves. Once you accept that it's not just words from Donald, that these words have reactions, they have meaning, they have people who are willing to embrace them and act on them. Once you've got that in your head, you've got to deal with the rest of it. And I'm trying to give you the rest of it. Because, well, we all give a damn about America. And we all want to have something to give thanksgiving about. This year, next year, and for many years to come. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, and uh, a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to center-left radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. We must move from observing Republicans loving Donald to actively promoting and supporting and preserving democracy and pointing out exactly what happens and how what Donald says and what people will do in his name is the antithesis of that and how it removes it. We must become the defenders of democracy, and that must be our message.